Today is Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. A teacher in Ireland has refused to bend a student's preferred pronoun demands, and now he's in jail. We'll have that story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe to this podcast, give us a rating, share it with a friend, all that good stuff. Let's get through it together. From a Christian worldview, why go to a secular outlet that doesn't share your view on God and how and why things are happening in the world? Now spend it with us for a few minutes each day to get you started. Joining me as always, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faith Wire to get through it. Guys, how's it going on this Wednesday? It's hump day. Yes, halfway home. Crazy that we're already halfway there. The weeks just fly by. I the days you. are long and the years are short. That is the wise <laughs> words that somebody gave me when I was first becoming a parent. And oh, how true that is. So we got a lot to get through today, as always, including that story I mentioned at the top, a teacher not going along with these pronoun requests, ending up in jail, we'll have the details on that. Plus, on the main thing, is porn really harmless? Secular culture is advancing that agenda. We're seeing it in these drag queen shows with kids. As Christians, of course, we know all this is wrong, but how do we advance the truth in a society that is completely going off the rails on that front? Well, Trey spoke with Exodus Christ CEO Benji Nalo about the dark truth of the porn industry. That's today's main thing, but we're going to start here with the news in 90 seconds. It's back to school time for students in Uvalde, Texas. It's a painful reminder of what took place three months ago, just days before summer break. That shooting, of course, that gripped the nation. 19 students, two teachers killed. That all happened at Robb Elementary. That has since been closed down. So the students are going to other schools around the uh, buildings around the district. Some students are refusing to go back. It's still too painful for them. Beautiful murals, meanwhile, have sprung up around town of some of those whose lives were taken. And parents are saying it's to honor those um, so they can be remembered for the beautiful souls, quote unquote, that they were. In a deal announced yesterday, electronic cigarette maker Juul Labs is going to pay nearly $440 million to settle a two-year investigation by 33 states into the marketing of its high nicotine vaping products. People are arguing, the states are arguing, that they have been targeting underage users for this. And the man accused of killing Eliza Fletcher, the Memphis school teacher who was abducted while on a morning jog. He had a disturbing criminal history, including when women are around, he would sit in the truck and stare, according to one neighbor. He said he was a, quote, weird pervert. And on May 25th, 2000, he kidnapped Kemper Durand, robbed him and forced him into the trunk of his car. So he had all this history, yet he was still out and freely about. The body of Eliza Fletcher was found seven miles from the crime scene, and it was confirmed by police yesterday that it was indeed Eliza Fletcher. So those are some of the headlines happening over at CBNnews.com. You can head over there to check out more. So guys, obviously, tragic story. Honestly, I look at this and it's, she's just out for a jog. And it just goes to show you that evil is lurking out there everywhere. It's it's, it's really sad. It is. You know, you assume that you're going to be safe in life and you take things for granted. She probably got up, went out for a run, thought she was going to head back in, live a normal day and her life is over. It, it shows you how precious life is. Yeah. But also like you were saying that evil, evil's real. It's lurking. It's out there. And 
you know, we've got to be alert and, and aware, but you just, you hope for a different end result and you pray for a different end result. And that's what makes it extra heartbreaking when these stories are national and everybody's watching them. You know, I think one of the scariest parts too, is when you read stories like these, or at least I do this is kind of your, um, your immediate reaction is like, well, that would never happen to me. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm sure she thought the exact same right. thing when she had seen stories that were similar of, of kidnappings or abductions or whatever the case might be. She thinks, oh, that would never happen to me, or that wouldn't happen in my neck of the woods. But the reality is uh, just echoing what both of you have said, that there is so much evil in the world that you always, unfortunately, you always have to be watching. And that seems to be even more the case when you're a woman or a child, you've got to be on the lookout because, you know, there are people out there who, who mean harm, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and either way you slice the national statistics, obviously, this particular story, she was a beloved teacher. Clips are now circulating her doing a Zoom class where she's singing to the students. So very, very big loss and just just a shame that a bright young light has been killed so early. So again, prayers out to that family um, for their loss as they grieve through this process uh, right now. But we move on over to our next story. A teacher in Ireland has refused to go along with students' preferred pronouns. And now he's in jail. Trey, What? how in the world does this happen? So in his words, uh, uh, Enoch Burke, he's a history, politics, and German teacher at a boarding school in Westmeath, Ireland. Uh, he's now behind bars because he, quote, would not call a boy a girl. All of this started when he refused to call a student who was transitioning from male, which is his biological you know, birth sex, to identifying as female uh, and going by they pronouns. Uh, but Burke said he wasn't going to do that. He said, I'm going to continue to either call you by your name. Uh, the student's name has not been released. They're a minor. Uh, so I'm either going to call you by your name or I'm going to call you by he, him, pronouns because you're male uh, that didn't go over well with the student and either with the and with the school either uh, so the school learned about it and administrators placed him on paid administrative leave they launched their own investigation uh, which ultimately ended up before the court because in Ireland uh, they have hate speech violation laws and this fell under that umbrella so you you see okay this is going to be setting up for a conflict with the school but how does it end up in him legally getting in trouble to the point where he ends up behind bars. Yeah, that was that was a piece of the story that didn't really make much sense to me when I first saw the headlines. Uh, I was wondering how, how on earth, you know, like you, Dan, how on earth did he end up uh, being in prison? So uh, part of Burke's punishment was that he, of course, couldn't teach, uh, but he also was barred from actually even being on campus at all. Uh, he did not follow that ladder order mm. as a form of protest. He ended up going onto campus and he sat in his classroom, which was empty because he wasn't teaching. Uh, but he said, I wanted to be there and be present because I'm a teacher and I want to teach. Uh, so Judge Michael Quinn, uh, when he was brought before the court, then issued a warrant for Burke's arrest. And that's how he ended up in Mountjoy Prison, where he's been since Monday. So he is a Christian. Did he, did he reference his faith at all when he talked about his position on this issue? How did that his views play into this decision. So when he was initially brought before the judge for violating the rules against him, he said that he couldn't comply with the injunction, uh, keeping him from teaching because he said it violated not only his faith, but also his calling as a teacher. Uh, he told the judge, transgenderism is against my Christian belief. It's contrary to the scriptures. It's contrary to the ethos of the Church of England, and it's contrary to my school. Uh, so not only is he religiously opposed to transgenderism, but he said, I have an obligation 
to teach. This is the place that God has put me, and I want to be in the classroom. I don't want to be in prison, he said. I want to be teaching my students. And that's why, you know, that that was his reasoning for why he said, I can't obey this order, and I'm going to go to the classroom. Ultimately, though, that didn't end up well for him, and now he's behind bars. How long is he going to be in there? What is supposed to happen next here, or what is likely to happen next in this situation. So it's not clear exactly how long he's going to be behind bars. Uh, That's kind of the ball's kind of in Burke's court at this point. So he has no criminal record at all, uh, but he was reportedly moved yesterday into the general prison population. Uh, He was placed on a landing with uh, other nonviolent offenders. Uh, He's getting a room with a a bed, a toilet, a shower, and a TV. So, I mean, it's prison, so it's not great, but it's it's nicer than some of the other uh, places that that he might be in. He's expected to appear again in court later today. And the reason I say the ball's in his court is if he kowtows to what the judge is saying, he agrees that he was in contempt of court and he says, I'll follow all of your orders and anything that you pass, I'll agree to, then he could be released. So far, he's not been willing to do that. So he could be behind bars for months. I think right now the the record is 97 days for a a teacher, or not, excuse me, not a teacher, but a person who was in a similar situation uh, a few years ago. They ended up staying uh, behind bars, like I said, for a few months. So, you know, it's up in the air. The school has commissioned its own report into Burke, uh, and they're expected to hold their first disciplinary meeting into his situation a week from today. So uh, Mm -hmm. next Wednesday, September 14th. It's a fascinating story. And, um, you know, aside from obviously this individual case, which is happening across the pond, uh, Billy, do you see any bigger, bigger implications here on just the trend that we're seeing towards if you don't go with a certain point of view, you're going to get shunned here in society and maybe even face some legal ramifications as a result? I mean, do you think that this may be a sign of things to happen more often here in America. Yeah, absolutely. Look at what we saw with the uh, member of parliament in Finland with her case, which is yeah. still ongoing, which they've revamped against her, you know, for simply tweeting Bible verses and defending traditional marriage. What we're watching happen other places, there are, you know, people always joke, oh, they're a decade ahead of us in our demise, our <laughs> yeah. spiritual demise. Um, if that's true, then this is exactly what we are looking at. You see the reactions from people in this country when they hear something they don't like and this cancel culture that we're talking about all of this these are the seeds of that sort of chaos and it will not shock me in five or ten years if people are not just losing jobs but we've moved to a place where this sort of thing um, is happening it's incredibly disturbing and it's it's the reason this country was founded was to avoid these sorts of things this is what america is all about and so i'm really hopeful and prayerful that we don't descend into that you know i want to add too that you know ireland and the uk uh, europe they have the legal infrastructure structure uh, to discipline this kind of speech. In the United States, we don't have necessarily the legal infrastructure, but we have the cultural infrastructure, right? Because yeah. for the last, what, 10 years or so, we've been talking about words or violence. And and if you say something that's mean, you have, you've done something not just mean to me, you've done something violent to me that has been a personal affront to me. So I think we're creating this culture uh, where this started in colleges and now these people have graduated college and now they're leading uh, government initiatives. They're in elected office, they're running corporations. So I think that these kinds of laws are really not that far away from being implemented in the United States because we've already laid the groundwork culturally. Yeah, and we will keep an eye on those types of stories, similar ones, this one specifically, and then also, of course, similar ones that may arise here in the future over on CBNNews.com and FaithWire.com. So Trey, thanks for bringing us that one. 
Well, pornography is a growing problem in culture. I think that's undeniable, but we're also seeing just the sexualization of our country, including kids. We're seeing that with these drag queen shows that are happening now, kids being on stage, things of that nature. And that all plays in, that all funnels down uh, through this growing pornography use and not just the use, but this acceptance of pornography as a moral good, as it's completely okay to do. So the secular world's been pushing that. Well, on today's main thing, we take a closer look at the true effects that pornography has on a society. As Tragon Phillips speaks with Exodus Cry CEO Benji Nalo on today's main thing. Pornography has evolved over the years. What used to be accessible only through a magazine you had to pick up in a brick-and-mortar store has become so easily obtainable thanks to the internet that the age of exposure is trending younger and younger. Of course, as Christians, we know just how spiritually deadly pornography is. It feeds the lust of the flesh, perverts our understanding of sexuality, and distorts our view of others as God's image bearers. While once our vision was clear, with pornography, we have to strain to see through broken and warped glass. One of the darkest realities of pornography is that it feeds on itself. It requires the consumer to constantly escalate, seeking out increasingly perverse content to achieve the same high. That's why, in part, the barely legal or teen genre of pornography has become so incredibly ubiquitous. Benji Nalo, the CEO and co-founder of the anti-trafficking organization Exodus Cry, explained to us just how concerning this trend is and why. Teen porn is the most searched uh, genre of pornography on the internet with over 3 billion um, search requests. Uh, It's a hugely popular genre of porn. And there's a couple factors that we at Exodus Cry find extremely disturbing about this genre of pornography. Uh, First is that although it's defined as teen porn, oftentimes the idea that's being portrayed in these films is of sex with an underage prepubescent child. So the actress in the scene may be 18 years old, but she's dressed up in pigtails with a lollipop and a teddy bear and made to say things as though she was a child. So they're enacting literally criminal fantasies and then promoting that to consumers at home. And, and then the, and then the, you know, inadvertent effect of the appetites that that's awakening and cultivating. So that side of it is uh, really disturbing. The other side of it is the fact that uh, 18-year-old girls are in a transitional stage of life. They are vulnerable for a lot of reasons, uh, partly because they're just still relatively young. They're coming out of high school. They're in this period of transition in their life, but also because the frontal cortex of our brain isn't even fully developed until we're in our mid to late twenties. That's the judgment discernment center of our brain. And so oftentimes these young women are preyed upon by and recruited by predatory uh, pornographers um, and then recruited into doing these these scenes that ultimately end up having lifelong damaging consequences for them. And so we are at Exodus Cry advocating for a new, uh, a new campaign that is 
seeking to push the age of consent for entry into porn from 18 years old to 21 years old. At the start of this segment, I mentioned increasingly younger kids are being exposed to pornography. Last year, data found the average age of exposure was between 11 and 12 years old, and the world is becoming increasingly comfortable exposing kids to highly sexualized content. So it's no wonder the number one genre in pornography is feeding into pedophilic desires with barely legal teenage girls. In addition to leading Exodus Cry, Nalo is the executive producer of a new documentary series called Beyond Fantasy, which explores this issue in depth. We should note that although the contents of this series are incredibly important, they're also deeply disturbing and come with a trigger warning. To learn more or to watch the series, though, you can head over to beyondfantasy.com. All right, Trey, thank you so much for that conversation. That leaves us with time for one last thing today. And guys, if you're eating at a restaurant and something goes down the wrong pipe, I mean, it's it's probably happened to us all at one point and you find yourself unable to get it out and you're choking, you just pray that there is somebody, a good Samaritan who's alert and around like exactly what happened in this next story. Yeah, this is crazy. It was in Missouri at this place called Man Meats, and it was this woman who's sitting down. Her name was Sarah. She's sitting down eating, and she starts choking, and she immediately gets up, and this is all on security footage, and goes over to this couple who are in line, it looks like, and the guy immediately starts doing the Heimlich. Like, they don't even know each other. She walks over. He recognizes what's going on. He knows how to do the Heimlich. And the crazy part is, as this is on camera, on the security footage, the wife, the man's wife, her back is to the camera, and on her shirt is Matthew 22, 37 to 39, you know, loving God and loving others. It's just a crazy story. They rescue the woman. They save her. They walk over because she's pretty shaken up, and they pray over her. They pray for her. It's just a crazy story. Yeah, and, and honestly, it's just a good reminder to, A, learn how to do that Heimlich maneuver because I... <laughs> I feel like you don't want to be in trouble near me because I'm useless. So um, <laughs> you know what to do. I want to know what to do. I just be like, hey, somebody help. Like, And also to just keep your face out of your phone and pay attention because you're choking. You can't yell for somebody to help you. So you, yeah. if you're just sitting there with your headphones on and spacing away at your phone. You just would you'd completely miss it. I mean, what a I know this is beside the point, but what a meat and potatoes type name for, I love for it. a restaurant. I want to go there. Meats. Man meats. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, such a cool story of being uh, just a vigilant Christian. Like when you're out in the world, be aware of your surroundings, yeah. like you were saying, Dan, and don't let an opportunity go to waste. Not only did they save this woman, uh, but also shared the gospel. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's incredible. It is. And I agree, Trey, a name with a name like Man Meets. <laughs> I'm there. I am there. <laughs> Next time I'm I'm in their neck of the woods, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. I don't care about the choking risk. I'll take it. I'll take the risk. You're on your way there. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. That's all the time we have for today's podcast episode. As always, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithware.com for more news from a Christian perspective. And Lord willing, in that creek, don't rise on us or man meats don't rise on you. We'll be back here tomorrow. God bless.